they they squeeze the players out like a lemon you know they want to make money hey everyone welcome to our podcast the bold tackle we are your hosts Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard and we are ready to tackle bold topics in sport, highlight the women's football industry and speak about the unspoken. If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us on our journey and listen in to The Bold Tackle. Hi and welcome back to a new episode of our podcast, The Bold Tackle. Hi Soph, lovely to have you in this call again. Hi Ollie, nice to see you again and another special episode. Another special episode, we have a guest with us today, Christian Leonhardt from Ruhmreich here in Germany. I mentioned him before in one of the episodes where we started talking about player agents. So hi Christian, lovely to have you here in the call today. Hi, nice to be here. Good morning. Christian, uh, we only met today for the first time, but I spoke to your founding partner, Yannick, a couple of weeks ago, um, and he mentioned that you'd founded this company, Romreich, where you help players on the football and in general sports side to structure their life and uh, all this. Maybe you can give an insight to all our listeners today, who you are, where you've come from, and maybe what you did before Romreich, and then we'll talk about your company a little bit. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I'm, from, I'm from Germany, as you said. Um, I never played football myself. I never had the smell of the grass in my nose. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was an ice hockey player, you know, back in the old days, um, but never made it professional. My career was cut short due to injury. And then, um, yeah, I became, uh, actually, uh, after the university, I became a banker. And uh, sooner or later, you know, I, I found out that uh, maybe it's a, it's a good thing to do is, you know, being a consultant for like athletes or like entertainment people. And um, I joined one of the biggest banks in the old days, AB and Ambro Bank in the Netherlands. And we had a so-called sports and entertainment desk. Within this desk, we consulted um, yeah, clients from the entertainment and sports world. And so I made very close contact to a lot of football players. And um, after a couple of years, you know, more and more players came to me and said, okay, can you maybe also help me not only on the banking side, please help me also on our contract side, because we have the feeling that our agents, you know, don't do the job quite correctly. And so what's going on? And so we looked deeper into the contracts and then, um, you know, I decided to leave the bank and uh, open up my own business. Roomreich, which means like yeah, famous or rich and famous in, in, in English. And um, so, yeah, uh, I started this and then uh, I was actually a football agent back then. So, uh, yeah. You, you mentioned one of the topics that Soph and I spoke about in the past, that the player agent side seems a little bit like the Wild West and um, they need professional help. Is that the view you, which you have on the player agent's industry, that it's a hit or miss in the player agent you get? I mean, in, you know, I mean, uh, especially when you, when you see the, the men's football side. I mean, everybody knows there's a lot of money, you know, involved. And the uh, salary is going bigger and bigger. The transfer fee is going outrageous at the moment. Um, and a lot of people want to join this scene and want to make money. You know, that's, that's the thing. And, uh, of course, you, if you do a good job, you, you, know, you should earn good money, no doubt about it. 
But I believe, and this was also, you know, back in like 10 or 15 years ago, there, you know, the agents were, st were also there and they wanted to make money. And, uh, you know, not all of them. I mean, there are, are quite a bunch of good agents out there, you know, no doubt about it. But there are also like some agents, they're like, let's say, doubtful because they only see the next deal. You know, they only see deals, the next deal, and they don't care about the player, you know, uh, during the deals. You know, they just make some money and disappear, and then they come back when you, when you yeah, need a new deal. And this is something that I experienced also in the bank. You know, I mean, uh, we, had, we had clients like national team players. Um, they earned a lot of money, and uh, you started to, to ask them a simple question, how much money do you earn? And then as a guy sitting in front of me, 21 years old, said, listen, you know what? I don't know. I have to ask my agent. Uh, and this is something that I was like, oh, oh, my God. I mean, you're 21 years old. You should know what you earn. And he didn't know it. It seems like the agents have full control of some of the players. Yes, yes. I mean, I understand that you have a very, very rare, rare good, you know, and you have to protect it, you know, because it's a, it's a shark tank out there. You know, everybody wants... if you. If you want you 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 you're a good player, you know everybody wants you. And um, and nowadays, if you see if you go to the youth camps, youth matches, I mean they're like agents hanging around talking to like 12 year old kids and the parents, you know. And then everybody is the next Messi or whatever. Um, so so you have to protect your player. I understand that, but. Um, a lot of, I saw in the, in the past a lot of people or a lot of agents who protected their players because they, they squeeze the players out like a lemon, you know, they want to make money. And this is the only, you know, thing they have in mind, you know, and this is something bad for the player, bad for the family. And, but they only see it maybe at the end of the career, what happened also bad for the industry, I guess, because yes, if, you, yes. if you start, we had a podcast with our father and he was saying it's about playing football until they get bigger and then it should be an industry. But you can't have an industry when they're 10, 11, 12 year olds because so much talent goes missing. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And this is something, you know, because of like like a few names in the world, everybody knows, you know, from the men's football side. It's like Messi, Ronaldo, everybody knows. And everybody knows they're like, you know, they're super rich. So every, of course, parent believes that his son or daughter, you know, is going to be the next superstar in the football scene in a couple of years. So they don't have to work anymore. They have so much money and everything. But only a few really make it, you know. And this is something uh, even in, like, like, for example, I'm from Dortmund in Germany. And uh, we have Borussia Dortmund right here. It's a good youth academy. And if you see how you know how yeah, how few players only make it to professional football who play in the youth academy, that's uh, you know that's that what we have to tell the parents and and the players, and uh, and the agents should do it and the club, but nobody does it. So uh, you know everybody says, "Nah, you're a superstar. You're going to be a superstar, and uh, you're going to make money." Before we talk about Romreich a little bit more, because I would like to know what you do differently and how much focus you have maybe on the player more than on the contract. What is your definition of a player agent? What should a player agent in your definition really be doing? For me, as I saw it, you know, I saw both sides. Um, I saw the banking side, uh, very conservative, you know, um, yeah, 
So, so I, we consul- I consulted the players and then I saw the agency business, wild business, no rules actually, you know, um, so you can do whatever you want to do with the player. Of course, there are contracts, but, um, you know, they're like, let's say you, you get a participation on the, on the player's contract, but you also get participation on the, on the sponsorship contracts. Let's say um, you have like a contract and where you say you get 10% from the player's contract club-wise and 20% of all sponsorship contracts. Yes, that's written down. But um, behind the scenes, there's so much going on. You, you, you know, you don't see as a player or as a family of the player. And, and so and, and nowadays, especially with social media and all that, you know, you can make so much money in different, from different sources. You, you need to be an expert as a player um, or as a, as a family to, to know it. And then if you have an agency, um, you know, you, I think nowadays, or that's, that's what I think about an agent is an agent um, is not able to do it on his own anymore or within the agency because you need to have an expert network and this, an expert network working with you, not knowing the experts, but working with you. Because I think also in the financial business, in the sponsorship business, uh, in the in the in the player business or whatever, you know, you need experts as a player um, right from the beginning. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to earn like ten million or twenty million. But it, it starts way earlier. You know that you need a network around you with experts who help you, and you help you help you all the way up. Because it's very important that you that the structure is set at the beginning. And I think, um, you know, once you, you hit the pro level, you have to have a setup that everything is working together. And you have to, as a player, um, you have to concentrate on your game only and you have to have people around you you can trust. And then, um, yeah, like a family member. And this is what we, what we believe we are. You know, we want to be, uh, from the Room Rye family office, we want to be like a family member to the players that we say, hey, you can trust us. We're going to take a look at your financial stuff. We have experts for taxes, for law, and for your lifestyle. And then there's your player agent. We are not agents anymore, player agents anymore. So I switched the side again because I think there's so much to do on the, on the other side. Um, so let the agents do the contract work. Yes, take a look on the contract as well. But, you know, then, you know, we, we, we cover everything else, you know, with experts in our network. You mentioned um, you want them to trust you. How do you build that trust? Because that's something I was missing, me trusting that my agents would do everything for me in a sense of I'm their priority. How do you build that trust? Um, That's a a good question because that's very, very difficult in in, in a lot of of situations because, first of all, every agent out there will tell you he's the best. You know, everybody says, you know, so I'm going to make you the perfect player. I'm going to make you, I'm going to give you the best contract ever and and whatever. So, um, but I think the trust you build up, if you care for the player 24 seven, you have to be there. You have to do also things that don't bring you money. You know, for example, um, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had an example. Um, you know, a player calls me during the night um, and says, "Listen, I, I have a problem with my car. You know, I'm just you know stuck with my car here. I don't know what to do. You know, so I got up and I you know called the assistance and you know we we, we were able to to tow him away and everything. And then um, 
he said, okay, but now I'm staying here and I don't know what to do, but he was close to my place. So I, you know, got into my car and, you know, picked him up and drove him home. Took me like two and a half hours, but this is something you have to do. And, and this is when, when the player maybe also realizes, okay, this guy you can trust, you know, because there's, there's no money. There was no invoice for that, you know? So that was just, yeah, as a friend, you did it, you know? And this is something also that we, we believe is like, we're not saying that we're becoming close friends to our players, but we want to be like a, like, let's call it a family member, you know, like they can call us every time. We, we also consult the family with problems. Um, we go to, to authorities to, uh, or, you know, we had uh, even, you know, me and Yannick, we had players um, or our families, the wives, <clears throat> to find a, a kindergarten space for their daughters, you know. So this 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 something that we do, um, and normally, okay, clubs do that a lot nowadays. Uh, agencies have people, yes, but um, yeah, but this is something you you actually you have to build the trust with. So that's what I think. Yeah, because I think clubs and agents can help find the kindergarten, but if I don't have the feeling they really care for me. I might not trust them because it's a big choice where you put your kids, school, kindergarten. Um, so that's where my question came from. Is I'm, I'm hearing that you really care for your players. Um, you went away from the agencies. You mentioned also earlier that maybe the clubs or the agents don't tell the young boys or girls that they're not going to make it potentially or that only a small fraction. Is that because they don't care? I wouldn't say they don't care, but, you know, it's it's especially in the in the in the club scene you know um you have so many players and as a club of course you want the player to succeed you you want the player to be in your first team or you want the player to be sold to some bigger clubs um and often it's is you know it's not always the fault from the club that the player doesn't make it it's it's also the players um but um you know i think you know, you, you have the coaches, you have some staff around in the youth, but I think they are missing people, you know, because I think you need, you need more people around those those kids. Um, and those kids need to realize that, okay, they can live their dream, yeah, but they have to work hard for it, you know, and then it, it doesn't stop when you, when you hit, you know, the protein. And this is something that we, I realized in the past, you know, a lot of big, big talents, they made it to the pros, they played one game, and they said, hey, that's it. You know, I made it. No, you didn't make it, you know. And then you, and then especially if I tell them, they, you know, sometimes the parents come and say, hey, what do you know? You never played the game. You know, I said, yeah, but I'm consulting, you know, players, you know, since uh, 18 years now or at almost 20. So I said, listen, you know, I, I saw everything in a way, you know. And uh, so you have to work every day hard, you know, for that. And uh, the agents as well, it's... Yeah, I mean, at the beginning you don't earn the big money, so they don't. Maybe they don't. Some agents don't care a lot about the youth players. Only if they appear to be a superstar, then maybe that's going to be the case. But um, yeah, this is something that's that's missing, obviously. You just talked about the difficult conversations you might have with players and, and family is that bringing them down to earth also something that gains your trust they're gonna not like you when you tell wait a minute you haven't made it yet you've only played one game and there's so much more to prepare and there's so much more to set up but is that some maybe something that can also build that relationship over the long term when he says hey he wasn't just out for my money he was really caring for me to make it 
and not making the quick buck and getting me my first contract and coming back in three years. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. You 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 have to tell them the truth, and this is this is uh, our approach. And um, you know, we're not too shy to tell the truth. You know, we 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 tell the players, the families. You know, listen, um, what you do is your decision, but we advised you to do it differently. You know, we can only give advice. They they have to do it. Um, I give you an example. I mean, uh, you know, when you're a player. Um, and, and you make your first money, of course, you want to spend the money for like something special, like a, a watch, a car, a watch, whatever. <laughs> I fully understand. And this is fine. You know, that's, that we're not going to say, hey, you don't have to, you know, you're not allowed to buy a, a car or a watch. No, no, no. You can do it. But if he starts to buy the third car or, or you know, or the <laughs> fifth watch, we say, hey, listen, you know, maybe you should think about it and maybe what kind of watch, uh, for example, you want. And he said, okay, I want this special brand. And we say, okay, you know, we can, we can ask somebody we know and then we give you one price and you can it, compare it to your price you pay. And often, you know, in this situation, they come back and say, hey, how, how in the world is it possible that you get the watch, like, let's say, 40% cheaper than we do? And we say that's why the reason why is because this guy who's selling you the watch is making money with the watch, you know. So, um, so this is something that's also important, you know, to tell the the, the, the players and the families um, that listen, you you have to watch out out there because everybody wants to make money with you because they know you have a lot of money, so they want to make money with you. The money you lose, someone else earns. Um, sorry, sorry for being the money guy again here, yeah. but you spoke about the commission that player agents make, the 80%, 20%. Um, you have a business as well, and you're trying to make money as well. How do you charge your clients? And also, how big do they have to be to become your client? Because this full around service is obviously not for free, and sometimes you maybe have the long term in, in mind that y you will earn money with them someday. But because we're going to talk about women's football in a minute as well, what do they have to bring to the table to become your client or for you to, to really look after them? That's also a good, good question because everybody, you know, when you, when you hear about family offices, you know, you, you, you think, okay, you have to have at least um, 60, 70, 80 million euros in the bank to, to join a family office. or to, you know, that's, that's in the normal world true, I would say. In our world, it's different. Um, um, we say, it, it, you know, we, we start, like I said, we start early in the career of a player. We know that a player in the younger days doesn't earn millions, you know, but if you set up the structure, we, we, we want to help the player to set up the structure, you know, and once he earns the money, you know, everything is set. So, um, for example, we, we, we have one player who is a goalie. Um, he doesn't earn big money at the moment but uh, he you know but he's you know he's saving some money at, you know from the money he earns right now but he's very small money wise but he's a big talent and 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 um, yeah he set up the structure and we helped him and we are happy with that so um, so there's no there's no rule you know to say okay you can join us when you have x million in the bank and how we make money, um, we make money, we have consultancy fees um, we, you know, give to the players and we are very open. So you can see whatever we, you know, we tell the player, okay, you can pay us, for example, by the hour if you only have a small case. 
We have monthly um, consultancy fees you have to pay. We have different different packages. So I mean, we will find a way. You know how to you know a player can pay us, and we we also know that a, a small player cannot pay the big fees. That's for sure. And um, yeah, that's 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 how we do it. Very very open. You know, so very yeah. You can you can you can see what we have to pay. There's no hidden hidden payments. I, I think that's a, a very interesting model, especially as we're now going to talk about the women's football a little bit. There's only very few players who are probably in the millions, earning in the millions. But there's so much development in women's football that it will become that big. And I think at the moment, and this is also a reason why we obviously started this podcast and talk about all these topics. For one, to really shed light on all these topics, but on two, to also build a brand for Sophie, because I think she's at a very difficult phase at the moment because football, women's football is getting bigger and the girls after Sophie's generation will profit from it. They will be earning the big money. But the hard work is really done by Sophie's generation, which I think is very unfair in life but that's how it is and we're trying to here build a brand um what is your view maybe on women's football because i guess you're a lot on the men's side where big money's earned maybe in women's tennis already because they obviously earn and the big money already but what is your view on women's football yeah like you said it's 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 getting bigger and bigger you know and it's getting much more attention which is which is good you know which is perfect because i think they deserve it you know and then um, but like you said it's 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 to the generation now to build up the the big thing you know and this is it's so funny because it's when you when i speak to ex players who, who you know who quit playing like in the you know end of 90s or whatever um, they say, hey, we, we made a lot of money, no doubt about it. But if I compare the money I earned, I, I, have, I have a very close friend from those days. Um, he was a top, top player for FC Bayern Munich and, he, and, and Borussia Dortmund. He, he won everything. Um, and he said, listen, on the peak of my career, I earned about four and a half million euros. Um, and he was one of the top players back then. And he says, listen, if I see the players now, uh, they, they earn with 20 this money and they're not even good, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> and this is the same with the, with the women football right now. I mean, they, they get more attention, attention, but the money is, is little. And, but will, will getting bigger because we just saw it, you know, that, you know, a lot of people watch uh, the World Cup and everything and, so the women get recognized also more and more and, and the game gets better, much better, you know. And, you know, I, I remember that people said like 10 years ago, ah, it's boring. But now there's a lot of, you know, the athletic part of the game is it's, it's intense. It's, it's, it's good, you know. Um, so and the, the money is getting bigger and we, we saw it and or we see it in the USA. You know, there is equal pay now, which is a revolution. Um I know it was a long fight, but it got it through. And even the the guys, I know a lot of American soccer players. Um, they say, "Hey, yeah, it's 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 okay." You know, that's 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 how it should be. You know, so and um, I think, yeah, it's it's getting bigger. But yeah, it's it's maybe it's a pity for Sophie that she she's developing everything, and then uh, when the big money comes in, but maybe she she will participate. You know, in in a way. <laughs> yeah, I think that kind of de defines 
I wouldn't say my generation, the generation that plays currently, because we are fully aware that with the changes we are making now, we won't really benefit from it. Maybe the younger players, but I think that makes this generation so special. I think because we see the bigger picture and none of us started playing football because of the money. When when yeah. I started, there, there was it wasn't really a dream to aspire. It wasn't really a profession to aspire. There were no real female role models. But to see how much we've changed the game just through pure fight to just be heard, I think is something really special that personally I won't ever forget. Yeah, I won't probably see the big the big bills, the big the big money, but. F- I can't change that, first of all. And I'm okay with that because I did everything I could and I will do everything I can to change the game. No, that's 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 something I, I you know, I experience a lot with players um, we consult. You know, obviously more men's players, but also athletes, you know, women athletes. I mean, you, you see a lot of, you know, athletes, you know, we want to become an athlete because of some money. You know, they want to earn big money. But there are only a few who do it because they really want to succeed in what they're doing. And those, you know, those athletes, they make it, you know, at the end. Because they, they, they don't care about the money because the money will come automatically, you know, if you're good, you know. But, but they fight for, for everything. And this is something I also see in the women's football scene, you know, because it's like, they fight for their game, you know, they want to yeah. be better, you know, and this is something that may, maybe compared to the men's football, it was like 20 years ago when they did the same, you know, so that's, that's where we can see that it's, it's going to happen again, you know, now with the women's football side or with the women's sports side, you know, in, in every sports, women are getting better, you know, which, which is good and getting more attention. That's also something I always tell Sophie. Um, you shouldn't be striving for equal pay at the moment because there was so much development in men's football before they got to where they are now. To make this jump quickly would re- probably hurt women's football because the money is just not there at the moment. No. Be patient, work hard, and the money will come. It's going to take a little bit of time, but yeah. you will be earning it because it will grow slowly and, and steady. And maybe it can also be a little bit different to men's football because the men's football is a full-on industry. Do we want that for women's football or do we like the way it is played at the moment, the way the emotions are there, the way they celebrate in real with real feelings and not with um, 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 tried-out celebrations where they know what's coming. I think that is a really, really nice part of the game, that the men's game has lost a little bit. I don't see any of the women's when women's uh, athletes falling on the ground when they're touched lightly. They get up and they're real warriors on the pitch. And I think that's a part of the football game that has gone lost on the men's side because it's such an industry and they get the next competition and the next competition and the next competition just for the money. No, no, 100%. 100%. That's, that's the difference. And I think the football fans, they, they realise that, you know, on, on the one side. You know, especially when I see it in Germany... You know, um, the, the the real fans who go into the stadium to cheer for the clubs. I mean, they they start thinking about, hey, wh- what are we doing here? You know, it's like, you know, may- maybe the players, the men's players, do they really care if they win or not? You know, is, this, is it really, you know, is it, what is it? You know, okay, they're like, after a lost game, they, they stay in front of the... Um, the, the, you know the uh, the stands and 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 you know look sad, but like a couple hours later you see them in the restaurant laughing. 
you know, and yeah. the fans, they're devastated the whole night, you know, so yeah. that's, that's, yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult. And I think with the women's football, if you, even if you see the fan side, you know, it's a lot of more fun in the stands, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, you can see everybody, men, uh, women, kids, you know, and family sitting there. And this is something that's, you know, they're cheering and it's, it's a different atmosphere. Yeah. And, and it's still affordable. With the men's football, especially in the UK, wow, you're paying a lot of money to go and watch football. No, you're absolutely right. I think this is what we have to do and we have to learn from men's football in that sense because we don't ever want to lose this part of the game. Yes, we want to grow the game. Yes, we want to uh, have more investment. Yes, we want to be supported more, but we don't ever want to lose where we came from and this identity of our game. And we're we're following men's football in a sense of we're trying to catch up, but we we can also learn from it has turned completely into into a business. Um, you can see sometimes, as you said, Christian, fancy or wonder whether the players really care whether they lose or not because the money will still be there at the end of the month, and that's where we have to learn from the men. And I I, I just want to drop this in because we are catching up because women's football was banned for fifty years over here in England. So this is why we're catching up. So I'm giving us 50 years to catch up, but then I want to be up there. And you'll manage. Uh, Christian, maybe also insights from you, because you said you have female athletes as well. When you consult male and female athletes, how different are the questions they ask? Um, I, I would <laughs> say the, the female athletes, they, they are... Yeah, they, they think about the money more, you know, and the investments more than the men's. I mean, the, the, the men's obviously, I wouldn't say they don't care, but they say, okay, I have some money, do whatever you think is best for me. And okay, so, you know, we, we speak to them, let's say every month or maybe um, once in a quarter or whatever. Um, but the women, they, they, they contact you, they write your WhatsApps and say, hey, listen, you know, we saw now um, they, they say the markets will go down, you know, it's just affect my money, you know. So they, they, have an, they have everything in mind, you know, and then they, they I, I wouldn't say they ask the smarter questions, but sometimes they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very interesting i see sophie and that keep coming back and say hey how how about doing something like this how about getting a deal like this how about working on this she she actually thinks about how can we build this this whole process and maybe to end this episode do you have something because you spoke about funny ways of investing their money or using their money what was the funniest or maybe weirdest investment that was made by a player male or female or whatever I mean, the, the, the funniest investment is, uh, or was, that, that we saw is, um, you know, obviously everybody comes up to you and says, you know, okay, uh, there was a time when everybody want to, wants to invest in Bitcoins and everything, you know. So the, a lot of players lost money in this business, of course. Um, but then, you know, there are like others coming and say, listen, you know, I want to invest in a, in, a, in, a, in a company a friend is founded and... and um, uh, so and then there's um, there's a company who who does like um, who helps animals you know to <laughs> to um, you know redevelop from like like lost animals develop in the to the to the family to bring them to the families and we were like okay ah we don't know you know but it's okay and he did it and it's it succeeded you know and it, it's 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 phenomenal you know 
because they got the company got bought by a bigger company and he made so much money and then it was yeah you know we didn't believe in it but he be- believed in it and then it was good it was good so perfect yeah <laughs> great <laughs> Uh, thank you very, very much for your insights. It's been really, really interesting. Uh, thank you, Soph, again for, for being in the call and see you next time. Okay. Thanks a lot. See you next week, everyone. Bye-bye.